0: Hello and welcome to the Convincing Podcast. This is episode 6 and I'm your host Matthew and I'm also joined by my co-host Thomas. Hello Thomas. Hi Matthew.
1: Here we are again, episode 6 now. Yeah, it's good to be back. We're still
0: in coronavirus lockdown.
1: Yeah, it's going to be another couple of weeks, so that's fine.
0: Well, let's see. We'll we'll go through the news and see how it's affecting the conveyancing sector.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: we are available <clears throat> on multiple platforms. Um, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Anchor FM, Spotify, Google Podcasts and others. Um, so make sure to subscribe if you want to keep getting uh, news summaries like these. And uh, a disclaimer, we are not offering uh, any legal advice, we're just offering an overview of the convincing news as we see it uh, based on the news sources that we're monitoring. Um, If you have any other uh, news sources you think we should be monitoring, let us know, drop it in the comments. And um, So,
1: shall we get started? Thomas? Yeah, of course. So, our first article of the day, our first um, three three articles from the Law Society is at here. And this first one is, um, I do believe practically all our um, articles today are from the coronavirus. It is a demand, the demand for wills has jumped by 76%. It's pretty self-explanatory i do believe um basically because of coronavirus and a lot of people well um losing the battle to coronavirus we have uh wills jumping by as you see here 76 percent what do you think about this matthew
0: yes um obviously people are worried about yeah, maybe like losing their lives to this virus, or their life's being changed significantly, and they're seeking to secure their assets for their families, um, and going getting more more wills. I mean, how does this affect conveyances I, I guess like if you're not able to do any conveyancing at this time, you might want to switch to like doing a few wills. I mean, if you're Solicitors. Obviously, you can't if you're a convincing executive. Mm. I'm not sure can convincing executives uh, take um, make wills.
1: I don't know. That's a good question. If you guys know the answer, make sure to leave it in the comments. Mm. If our listeners, our humble listeners, uh,
0: yeah, this is. Oh yeah, there was something else here. It was saying that um, you could make a will. Uh, through like a video application
1: oh yeah that's what I was going to say now hmm. this is a bit of a troubling uh, uh, time so it's obvious as to why this is happening but yeah as uh, Matthew just said there is a, they're trying to make it easier I do believe by allowing you to do it via a I think it's a, sort of a video conference or something hmm.
0: but it's saying here uh, because the demand for wheels is surging the government needs to change the rule to allow wills to be electronically signed because obviously you have to sign it in person yeah so and you need witnesses it, like the the will has to be signed in front of witnesses so i thought you could do it by video video conferencing but it says here the government needs to change the rules to allow that so could oh, could, right. could we have you know a video conferencing app where we have the witnesses? and the person and the solicitor all joining together and they somehow electronically
1: sign it maybe it's a a new idea that might strike a new abundance of apps that try and do this on your phone or maybe on your computer or your laptop with a webcam
0: yeah I mean maybe maybe there's going to be some positive things come from this virus where we get new technologies and they make things easier for everybody all round hmm so oh it says the current law was made in 1837 so it wouldn't oh wouldn't be a bad idea to to think about changing it
1: yeah definitely need to keep these sort of things up to date you never know when this sort of thing might happen and you're already out of date but i think they're acting uh uh with haste um this next article is about a firm that has um that sees off six hundred thousand pounds, uh hundred pound negligence claim over aborted property purchase. This article is talking about how a um some well, these property developers who claimed a six hundred thousand pound loss from their solicitor's mistake, which is um related to a property they were looking to, was it build on, I do believe. Um, They've lost their case after the court found that this this, uh, mistake was not a cost to their investment uh, opportunity. What do you think about this, Matthew?
0: Yeah, as I understood it, um, they wanted to buy a site in London uh, where they were going to construct and the lawyer sort of dragged their feet a bit, um, taking a bit longer than they should have maybe, and then eventually they found that the the site encroached on a, a footway, and, um, something would have had to be done legally to allow them to, to develop that site, so, you know, it's not to mean, like, 100% clear, why the law firm are in the wrong um but the what the judge is saying that is that had they known that it was encroaching on this footway would they still have bought like wanted to buy the property anyway mm. so it just seems i don't know if the law firm had more experience going into the trial or you know i don't know if the property developer really was put out but I mean, sometimes deals fall through for whatever reason, no? And it's not, you can't just blame, expect someone to to pay out for that, you know?
1: Yeah. It seems a little unreasonable, not to a certain extent, but they lost regardless. Maybe, yeah, the law firm did have more experience, but it does seem like it isn't. Well, from what the article was stating, it doesn't seem like the law firm were much to blame there.
0: The law firm are probably losing a big client anyway.
1: Yeah, Uh, exactly. It's
0: it's already a loss to them. But, um, yeah, it's... You know, it's convincing, takes a long time, and you've got to um, cross all the T's and dot all the I's.
1: (laughs) So... Um, this next article we have here is um, it's Extra Guidance for Conveyances Stuck in the Coronavirus Lockdown. It's essentially an article talking about this uh, very nice guide. It also covers a bit of the guide um, related to um, what conveyances can do while they are stuck in the coronavirus lockdown. Um, Matthew? Hmm.
0: Well, we already know that they're advising, you know, if you've already exchanged, you can go ahead and complete. But I'm trying to see. The thing is, this this article kind of links to the full guidance, but um, it's a bit short itself on on the information.
1: Yeah, it doesn't cover it exactly. It mainly just talks a little bit about it and then sends you to the guide but uh we do recommend that you uh go check it out
0: mm. if
1: your conveyance is stuck right now because of this coronavirus it
0: also warns yeah. that you should keep an eye on because there's this guidance is going to be changing mm. over time so keep an eye on it it says uh even if you've exchanged contracts you probably shouldn't go ahead and complete unless you really have to but, exactly uh, yeah let's just move on that that's it <laughs> it's just a, li- a link to the guidance basically
1: yeah essentially just so all of you out there who watch this um uh, have a little guide we'll leave it in the description um so this next one's from the sra Uh, it's about uh, the representation in law firms improving but there is still more to do and it's just uh, it's uh, mainly talking about the levels of uh, diversity within the legal sector work of course
0: obviously minority workers uh, how they're represented in the workforce Um, they analysed 186,000 people working at 9,500 law firms, and nearly half are now women, so that seems quite uh, representative. Mm. Maybe that's higher than it used to be, I don't know. It doesn't up 1% since 2017, so it has improved. And then, but it seems like Asian solicitors are overrepresented because it says. Among the wider UK workforce, the proportion of Asian employees is 7%, whereas in convincing, it's 15%. So that's uh, they must um, be good at being solicitors. Yeah. It says the number of black solicitors is 3%, which is broadly in line with the general population. So black, black people are well, well represented. Hmm. Uh, Yeah, there's still work to be done,
1: it seems. Yeah, I mean, you can always represent more, I guess.
0: It says that um, 21% of all solicitors have attended uh, fee-paying schools, like public schools. Mm. And that compares to just 7% of the general population having been to public schools. So obviously it's a good advantage to have been to a fee-paying school. Hmm. if you want to work in the law industry
1: yeah
0: and also um, the top the the solicitors parents 50% would have uh, degree level qualifications whereas the only 15% uh Is it 8%? Oh yeah, 27% to the other staff. So the solicitors, the higher level staff in the law firms have degree qualified, more degree qualified parents, but the other staff only have 27%.
1: There are a lot of percentages here.
0: It's basically like if your parents were degree qualified, you're more likely to become a solicitor rather than a...
1: It's oh, right, yeah, yeah. It's
0: good to have well-qualified parents. It seems to mm. produce more solicitors.
1: <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, you could put it like that. Um, well, that's good. I mean, it's, it says that there's still work to be done, so um, we'll have to see what the ideal uh, representation for each minority group or... Ethnicity would be—I'm not entirely sure.
0: I kind of—I tend to be against government interference because people kind of do what they're able to do, and um, they find a way to do it. And if the government are just sort of, oh, you have to hire more women because there's more women in the workforce, it's—I know, like areas like science, they tend to—they tend to be male-dominated. And it maybe it's because women aren't that interested in science. But I do agree that maybe it could be because they're not being encouraged to go into science or maybe mm. they're not finding ways to make it interesting enough.
1: Yeah, it's it's probably also very um, scary in the sense of being uh, alone alone when a woman has to go into one of these uh, career choices and you know, goes to a university or something and finds that she's one of two women in a 50 persons classroom or something like that. That's something that's very challenging as well sometimes because it uh, can make him feel a little embarrassed or make him feel um, stressed in some ways. I'm not entirely sure myself. Mm. Either way, let's move on with this next article that is about from Legal Features legal futures and it's uh, government tells conveyances to delay completions so this one is talking about a i'm not sure if we've covered something relative to this in the past or um, uh, well yeah if, that law
0: society the extra guidance they were already telling uh, people not to uh, conveyances not to complete
1: yeah. So essentially, it's um, this article uh, talking about how, rather than cancel these completions, um, they uh, the government is trying to make all conveyances just delay them until uh, the coronavirus epidemic, uh, epidemic has um, sufficed or maybe even. Um, Slowed down, or just in well, until further notice, I I guess.
0: Mm. Till maybe the end of the lockdown, yeah. But they're saying that there are certain cases, like if it's an unoccupied property, you could go ahead with the transaction. But it says. Yeah, prioritise support for anybody with symptoms, self-isolating. I guess if people need to move out of shared um, accommodation and and they're moving into an unoccupied property, it may be better for them to be moved out.
1: Hmm. Yeah. But,
0: yeah, that's pretty similar to what we were already discussing. Maybe we should move on to the next one.
1: Okay, yeah. I don't think there's much to say about that, um, regardless. This next one is by the BBC. Um, <laughs> coronavirus. Uh, UK mortgage market goes into lockdown. Yeah,
0: it um, looks like mortgage companies, I mean, even if conveyances wanted to, to work from home and operate during this time, the mortgage lenders have decided not to give out any more mortgages. At this time but it does seem that they're prepared to give out in some cases mortgages if um, if you put down a large deposit so like they they talked to Nationwide who said they would only offer home loans to people with more than a 25% deposit so hmm. they talked also to Santander and Skipton Building Society who's who wanted a 40% deposit so obviously it's gonna affect first-time buyers more really because they're gonna have a smaller deposit yeah but I mean what's the point of getting a mortgage if your solicitor isn't allowed to do any completions at the moment anyway
1: yeah I mean if it's on hold we'll just uh, I mean well it goes into lockdown not not that it's gone into a hold, but it would if have been—it
0: would have been a nice time to organise your mortgage if you wanted to move house. And you're like, well, during the lockdown, I could organise my mortgage. As soon as the lockdown finishes, I can move. But that's why it seems a bit strange that they're demanding like large deposits at this
1: time. Yeah. I agree with you, one hundred percent on that, definitely. But
0: it could go back to the story I think we reported on last time they're saying that property prices might drop by twenty percent, so maybe the mortgage companies are trying to protect themselves from any drop in house prices.
1: oh yeah, you're right. it didn't it what was it saying it was going to drop by a possible twenty percent in worst cases mm. that be that being a lot in uh in these, uh, in this case, in these terms, in the, in the market, uh, in the mortgage market, it wouldn't uh, surprise me if that's the, that's the, um, oh, that's what they yeah, that's the plan or that's the strategy. There you go, that's the strategy, strategy. that's going, that they're going to try and uh, use to yeah, so not lose if, as much.
0: If they make you pay 25% of the house with your own money or 40 percent and if the if the prices dip by 20 percent then the the they can still get they'll still get their money back
1: if you yeah if you
0: can't afford the house and they repossess it they can still get their money back but that actually shows to me that they're not very confident in the in the property market i mean they should be they're the ones lending the money they should be showing confidence at this difficult time No
1: yeah if that when they do this sort of things uh it might it might be worse for them because it might uh people might see these sort of articles or they might um get to know about these sort of things and it might uh, drive them even further away from the market just now which means that doing this will probably uh, drive more clients away and make them lose money regardless in my opinion
0: hmm yeah, this next article is sim- similar to that one, isn't it?
1: Yeah, but it mainly talk. Well, that one was nationwide. This one's just talking about the banking giants that are Halifax and Barclays. They've scrapped a new mortgage deals, uh, any new mortgage deals, unless borrowers have at least a 40% deposit. Yeah, it's, it is um, extremely similar to the last one, except it's talking about how these two are specifically the ones who ask for that 40% instead of that 25%. Mm.
0: So, what about, let's see, are there staffing issues? So, maybe that's the thing that they're trying to reduce the number of mortgages they give out because they haven't got enough staff to, like, fill in the paperwork because they're all, like, working from home. Mm. Or maybe they've even um, furloughed them. Like they've um, put them, like basically stopped employing them during the coronavirus. So, yeah, there's not much more to say about that really, no?
1: No, I don't think so. But this, yeah. <laughs> Wait, I this, do this I mortgage trust broker trust them, is
0: slamming selfish borrowers for requesting payment holidays they don't need. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of, uh, if you, you're worried about the coronavirus, about being able to pay your mortgage, so you go and ask your bank if you can have a holiday from the payments.
1: And then you get slammed by them as
0: well. Yeah, but I, I mean, if it goes on for weeks, there's going to be a lot of people, you know, who have credit card bills people used to just living month to month who are going to run out of money
1: well yeah this is obviously the case i mean let's talk about we, we can also say the. Um, we can also state the fact that there are a lot of people who are being laid off at the moment as well for in order for the companies to be able to protect themselves or so that's what they think even if the government government uh, doesn't encourage it people are still being laid off and those people won't have any more money flowing in well in in fact even the people that don't get laid off will probably not have any money coming in Mm. for the coming month or months that this may go on so it, it suddenly um triggered off something that i
0: haven't thought about before but what about payment protection insurance it's like ppi when you get a mortgage, you can choose to take an insurance. Which, if you lose your job or you get injured or ill or something, you uh, your mortgage continues to be paid by the insurance company. And in some, oh. in cases of death, it c- can even like pay off your mortgage entirely for your your wife or whatever. Yeah, I mean, do, are the are people's mortgages covered? Uh,
1: by the PPI in this case, yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, um, yeah, I we're not entirely sure, but it'd be very. Uh, I'm actually very curious about that now because how things are.
0: Yeah, I mean, the the mortgage companies are like, oh, we're doing you a favour by letting you not pay your mortgage, but in fact, they might be liable to pay your mortgage on your behalf mm. if you've got that kind of insurance taken out.
1: Yeah. Maybe insurance companies are trying to avoid this now because they they might lose a lot of money.
0: Exactly. They, of they're sort of like, hey, why don't you not pay your mortgage for a couple of months? And then that makes you not think, hang on a minute, I've got some insurance that should be paying my mortgage for me.
1: Yeah. I don't <laughs> like the fact that that man slammed people because even if they can pay it, well, anyone can pay their mortgage for the coming months, but you know they might not have food for, uh, money for food afterwards. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I'd be more worried about buying food than uh, paying my mortgage at this time.
1: Yeah. Moving on, this is another one. Oh, I forgot to state that that last one was from the Daily Mail. I like saying where they're from. Yeah. This uh, next one is from the Daily Mail as well, and it is... uh, it says that the home buyers and sellers, home sellers, left in limbo by coronavirus crisis. How thousands of property sales have been wrecked after government told people not to move house. What are your thoughts on this article, Matthew? Yeah, this looks at the more
0: human side of, um, you know, convincing side. We just want to keep the transactions moving, and um, we just want the banks to continue working and you know obviously we're worried about people might move into like an infected house or they might get infected during their move if they have to deal with uh, removal people or or you know shake hands with the estate agent or whatever Um, these are people who you know they were looking forward to get their dream home um, and it's all gone south for them Mm. But I mean, you know, we're in a lockdown, people have got to accept that, you know, life is on hold, and just stay where they are, and then uh, hopefully we can just pick up where we left off after the uh, lockdown finishes.
1: Yeah, I mean, unless you're in real bad economical trouble, economical trouble or troubles, um, I feel like this should all be fine like in, this, in the case of these people um, hopefully they're okay and hopefully they, they don't have anything uh, else aside from the whole moving the house not being able to happen yeah
0: it is making me think are, are there situations where people could be financially worse off due to being stuck in limbo i mean Mm. maybe if they were in rented accommodation they would have to buy their new house and then they'd be paying their rent and their mortgage at the same time yeah but not but being unable to move into their their new
1: house and would would the mortgage holiday be available for them in that case i wonder
0: yeah i mean i imagine that's the kind of case yeah that's a good point that might be the kind of case where the mortgage company might let them off
1: yeah It'd certainly well, we, be nice. Yeah, we definitely hope so. That would be the ideal case.
0: Yeah, we. Uh, yeah, it says these these uh, this couple are considering taking a three months mortgage holiday. Hmm. Oh, they're trying to sell their house, and it's maybe they'd already bought a new house, and they're just trying to sell the old house. Oh, they were right. hoping it would be sold, but they're going to have to co- continue to pay the mortgage on their old house. So they're going to have to go to the bank and say, look, can we just freeze the mortgage until all this blows over? Yeah, well, of course. I mean, there's no guarantee that their buyer is still going to want to go through with it after the, after the uh, lockdown.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean... Unless contracts have already
0: been exchanged and then they're kind of legally obligated to do so.
1: Hmm. Let's just hope everything's gone well for them to be honest. And for everyone else out there as well who's having any sort of trouble we uh, send our uh, we send our best well. our condolences we we pray <laughs>
0: Condolences so, might be a bit negative now.
1: So, yeah, I feel like that sounds a bit more when someone has perished. I don't think that's very good. But moving on. Um, <laughs> homes and properties. So um, this is um, an article evening that talks about... Standard. Yes. Evening standard. Yeah. Evening standard, the homes and property uh, section. Or is it? Yeah. Um, so the article is London Airbnbs turn back into rental homes. Um, good deals in store for London renters and short lets flood the market amid coronavirus travel restrictions. So as the title said, um, essentially a lot of London Airbnbs have turned into or back into, in this case, it says as if um, some of them were already rental homes in the past. They've turned back into rental homes uh what do you think about this
0: yeah obviously um the uh, when the tourist uh, industry was still running because the flights were still moving and it was good to have an airbnb um you know short-term rentals for you know holiday holiday rentals but um obviously they've seen that that's not Um, That's not a good move anymore, so they're doing short-term lets for local people. I'm just not sure how effective that's going to be, because if everyone's on lockdown, they're not going to be able to move to another house, are they?
1: No, not really. Unless they were lucky and they moved home just before everything hit the fan.
0: Yeah, they'd have to have seen it coming a long time before to change the change from an airbnb to short-term rental or maybe they're looking at the bigger picture that even after we come out of the lockdown there may still be restricted air travel which is going to continue to affect the tourist market
1: yeah i mean also you could think about the people who are in uh, these airbnb accommodations before everything, or well, while everything might have been happening, and they were already restricted from going back home, mm. so they must be stuck in these houses now. And these people aren't going to throw them on the street unless they really want to. I think really you're allowed
0: to. to go home, but you're not allowed to. I think it'd be more scorned on to continue travelling, and I'm not sure many people could afford to do that anyway. But it says mm. here that the number of listed Airbnb's in London. Has dropped from eighty-five thousand to sixty-two thousand, so that's like almost a quarter
1: drop. Yeah, that's big. But I'm on. I was honestly expecting it to be a lot more. It's still a quarter, though. Yeah, that
0: shows the landlords need the money to continue to function. So they've at least quarter of them desperately need to consider like other ways of getting income.
1: Mm, Unless inside that quarter, some people just thought, I think this is going to work. I might as well change it to rental.
0: They can profit on a short-term basis, yeah.
1: Yeah. So,
0: will this mean rent reductions? I suppose, like, with the influx of new properties available on the market, is that good for renters having more choice? Yeah, maybe. It says, this charity... Pr. Imogen Blake managed to secure a two hundred a month reduction on the two-bedroom garden flat. So that's quite a good reduction. That is a good reduction. That's crazy. So it was listed for eighteen hundred a month, and in the end, they got it for sixteen hundred.
1: Yeah, that's a that's a good enough discount, I'd say. Yeah. And uh, well, here we are with the house of the week. This time, we have a self-sufficient farmhouse with three trout lakes, two holiday lets, and a vegetable garden. Now, this house is, um, as I just said, it's a farmhouse. From
0: Country Life, no?
1: Country Life. Yeah, that's true. I did forget to say it this time. This article is from Country Life, and uh, we're talking about a farmhouse here in... um, Cornwall. Yeah, in Cornwall.
0: Hallamilling.
1: That's what I was looking at, Hallamilling in Cornwall. Um, the something agent, that
0: the agent for the property is Strutton Parker, the estate
1: agent. Yeah, in case someone was to get in touch with them and get this beautiful home. Although right now you uh, you uh, you can't. <laughs> um, this place is uh, very nice, and something that struck odd was three trout lakes. I'm guessing you can fish in your own lakes mm. for trout. Yes, yeah, there's a house cool.
0: with a food source. Exactly. Yeah, so, uh, you. You don't need to go to the su- supermarket and risk getting infected.
1: <laughs> and if you like fishing, this could be your pastime while everything's happening. You just go to one of your lakes and you yeah, go fishing a little, have some other lovely sport go through your veins. No, the kitchen has a nice old-fashioned
0: wooden, island. it's like an island, but it's like a chopping centre.
1: Yeah, you're right. Yeah, looking at the interior, it's got a nice roof, uh, nice the like the nice wooden beam style roof, where you can see the wooden beams going past. Although that one looks like it's being cut. Mm. There's one that gets to the the, ha- uh, the half or the middle of the ceiling and just gets cut. Yeah, that one just goes the along. Oh yeah. Uh, maybe I was going to say maybe it's just like where the electricity and the cables and everything are going through. The kitchen looks very nice. It's got a carpet on one side and no carpet on the other side. The plastering's not, very wood. not flat. It's like rustic plastering. Yeah. Sort
0: of uneven plastering.
1: Which makes this seem very old fashioned or not very well built two windows like letting a lot of light in yeah that's true although I'm not sure I I think if the one at the background there was a little bigger it would be a little nicer to be honest (laughs) Mm -hmm. moving along we have a lovely price of 1.8 million pounds is this the most expensive one we've covered? Do you think, Matthew?
0: I'm not sure. The one with the large, what was it, 12 acres? That was
1: quite. No, I think I think it's 14 acres.
0: 14 acres, yeah. Mm. Here's a picture of the trout lake. Here, yeah, that's pretty big.
1: Yeah, it is very big.
0: Uh, that lush grass around the edges and lots of trees. It's yeah, like a little stream running in there. It's like a, almost a little waterfall.
1: How did they get in there as trout?
0: Oh, they released them in there, I think. they. Um,
1: yeah, grow. that would make sense. I don't they, know grow how them. they limit
0: the numbers, because it
1: could be completely full of trout, couldn't it? If you let yeah. it go crazy. Oh, so they keep, they can grow it now?
0: Yeah, I think so. Oh, Release sweet. Uh, tiddlers in there, or... I don't know if you can just put eggs in there
1: yeah because i was thinking it's possible if it, uh, for it to not be um, in very good conditions sometimes so if you were to just drop some eggs in there i'm not sure if it would do the trick or the fishes um directly because maybe they might die off if there isn't enough sustenance but I mean, in dream- this case it's obviously not the case
0: yeah the dream would be that you just go and sit and fish there but i imagine it's a lot of maintenance no?
1: yeah you're right Definitely Maybe you could
0: rent it to people who want to come and fish but you have to do all the maintenance but then it'd be a nice little learner yeah
1: well right now with the coronavirus you could try and rent it to someone and since they can't go out to a proper I don't know a big big lake or something or the typical fishing spots they can do this for fun mm. might be one of the main advantages this must be the lounge, if I'm correct. It looks like a mix of a lounge and a dining room. It's like that spacious. It has a space for everything in there. Mm. It's got a nice uh, wood-fired stove. Wood burner. Wood burner. It's got like
0: uh, French doors out to the garden.
1: Yeah, this is a very nice house. Oh, it's got some modern stuff in it too, as in the ceiling lights are very nice...
0: Like down lighters, yeah.
1: Yeah. But
0: it looks like someone there does woodwork because the dining table looks like it's been made of
1: local wood. You are right. Rustic. Yeah. It's a very nice house. Although the outside doesn't look very nice. That's a kitchen over there as well. Oh, is is it an open kitchen then or is it two kitchens? Oh, this is one of the holiday lets. This this oh. is like an, a
0: self-contained. It's like a kitchen, dining, lounge, yeah. open yeah. plan, holiday let.
1: That makes more sense. Yeah. Sorry, pardon our um. <laughs>
0: ignorance of the property.
1: Yeah, oh, this must be the main. The, the main.
0: The first kitchen was the main property, and this. Yeah. Is one of the sublets.
1: That's strange. They've just jumped to the other place i wanted to see more of the inside of the main building so, I mean, by either you, way if you've it got 1.8
0: nice. million you can rent out your trout lake you can rent out your two holiday lets yeah you'd have an income going there wouldn't you
1: i mean hell you could try and establish a club and let loads more fish out free in that lake and then have all the members of your club that pay you monthly go over there and fish for fun or something I don't know fishing club how about that
0: Mm. maybe you can rent the cottages to fishermen who want to
1: come yeah that's right actually that's a good idea very clean uh, tidy rooms yeah but again I'm not sure 1.8 million (laughs) hmm you do get a lake though if you've got it it's okay isn't it yeah Either way, um, are we so finishing off
0: then? That concludes our last, latest episode of the Convincing Podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you're staying safe at home and um, protecting yourself as best you can.
1: Yeah, exactly. I do as well.
0: And, um, and thanks for watching. And don't forget to subscribe if you're not already, if you want to keep up to date. And drop us a comment in the comments section. And um, that's about it.
1: Yeah. Remember, as Matthew just said, drop any sort of article, anything you'd like to tell us about, something that you didn't like, even. Don't remember. Uh, do, Do remember to drop it in the comment section, and we will see you all next week for the conveyancing news.
0: Cheers, then. Bye.
1: Bye.